as I was you know, meditating on the Word of God, this passage came very strongly to me, so which I wanted to share with you this morning. So today's uh, message title will be, You Are Precious, Honored and Love, as the title of the message, directly taken from uh, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 4. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you, I give men in return for you, peoples, in exchange for your life. <clears throat> so Isaiah chapter 43, verse uh, 4 is uh, where we come across this. In fact, Isaiah chapter 43 is so, so graceful, so much truth about uh, God's relationship with us is actually written in Isaiah chapter 43. We know very well that Isaiah was warning the people of Judah, Jerusalem and Judah. So you come across a lot of wording like Zion, Jerusalem, and of course uh, Israel, Jacob. You come across all these precious words. Why is that? Because it was imminent. The people of God, they became very faithless. They became very disobedient. And so they are about to exile as a part of God's chastisement and punishment. You may be saying, why God does like that? God is very bad that he punished the people. Actually, exile was his grace, actually. If God is really angry, he could have killed them all. <laughs> he could have annihilated them all, right? But instead, he let them exile, and when they realized, they came back. That is the story of the Israelites. When they realized and they repented, the Lord restored everything. But now Isaiah is telling them, see, before this exile happens, I want you to know that you are precious in my sight and you are honored and I love you. Okay. The Lord's concern and his relationship with the people, Isaiah is telling us, so, of course, we know that this is the first reference is towards Israel. Because Israel, you may be saying, okay, this is to the Israel, what does it have to do with me? But we discover that what the Lord has spoken to Israel, what the Lord has spoken to the chosen people, is same as speaking to us today, as you'll discover. So, when we read the Bible, as an Israel story doesn't inspire us at all. If we read someone else's story, it's not so much exciting. But when we look at the Bible, we can see ourselves there. The story of the Israelites is our own story. Then you see, oh, God is saying, you are precious in my sight and are honored and I love you. God is speaking to us. He's not speaking only to the Israelites. That's when this message becomes very precious and very, very important. So, of course, why God, God is singling out, why God singled out the Israelites? In the history, God has chosen the Israelites as his chosen people so that he can bless the whole nations, starting from Abraham, you know very well, right? But by the time of Apostle Paul, by the time of Lord Jesus, Israel, Israel has reduced its religion only exclusively for the Jews. That it was very hard for a Gentile to become people of God. 
Lord Jesus came and dismantled that very idea. Lord Jesus came and started to preach the good news for everyone. Why then, why he chose the Israelites? He chose them so that they can bless others. Even for us also, believers, God is choosing you and me, not for just for our sake and for us to preserve like this, to go to heaven alone. No, no, no. He chose us so that we may be a blessing to others and bring many people together with us to the Lord, to heaven. And so, Apostle Paul, by the time of the first century, since they reduced like that, Apostle Paul has this anguish over Israel. And in Romans chapter 9, they, he say, okay, why he chose, why he loved? Oh, there's the sonship, the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. There is the patriarchs. And from them proceeds human descent of Christ, who is God, God over all, forever worthy, for all, forever worthy of praise. Amen. You see? Oh, God chose them for a reason. He gave them the covenant. Oh, they are the one who experienced the Shekinah glory. The glory of God, which no other nations has experienced. Why God was doing that? So that he was preparing descendant, a descent of human descent of Christ. The Messiah will come from these people. God was preparing them preciously. So he honored them. He take them preciously. He loved them so much. He prepared them because Christ himself will come from this nation, the savior of the world. But what did they do? They rebel again and again against the Lord. They rebel again and again against the Lord who has chosen them out of the world. And instead they made their religion to be a very exclusive club of the Jews. They forgot that people like Rahab, they forgot that there are many other people who came through the history of God from a Gentile background, even in the, even in the Old Testament, you, 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 in the Exodus itself, uh, when they are coming out and when they are entering the Promised Land. Tamar, Rahab, all these people whom people think like really not a good character. Prostitutes. Even those people, God encrafted them into the history of God. That is the love of God. Because God wants to save everyone. So when nation came and invaded them, nation came and enslaved them, took them as captives, the Lord was concerned for them. He always rescues them. He always brings them back from Egypt, from Cush, from Seba. He took Israelites from everywhere, from the Assyrians, from the Babylonians, everywhere. Somehow he would bring them back because of his love towards his people. Isn't it sounding like us also, you know? We go astray, but the love of God still is holding on to us. He's still, you know, watching us. They still didn't realize. They still didn't learn. In Isaiah chapter 42, this is chapter 43, in Isaiah chapter 42 ending, 
he said, so he poured out on them his burning anger, the violence of war. It enveloped them in flames, yet they did not understand. It consumed them, but they did not take it to the heart. What? God's anger was poured on these chosen people so that they may be able to understand. But he said, no, they didn't. What happened, if you know the history of Israelites, the southern kingdom, Judah, Jerusalem, the northern kingdom, Judah, Jerusalem, and Benjamin, okay, the southern kingdom, and we have the northern kingdom of Israel, ten tribes. The northern ten tribes, already, they are already in exile to Assyrians. The southern kingdom is not in exile. This is when Isaiah is coming to, prof uh, uh, you know, uh, prophet Isaiah is coming and warning the people. See, God has already taken the ten tribes. The same thing will happen to you. Don't you see what has happened to the north? But you still, you still don't take it to the heart. You still did not understand. Don't you see how Israel, so when we speak about Israel, it is the northern, okay? Israel and Judah, right? How Israel has been plundered. Because Isaiah prophesied to the southern kingdom, right? But they didn't understand. They didn't take it to the heart. And he's lamenting. It is imminent. It is going to happen. But the Lord, to the Lord, this Israel is so precious because he gave them the covenant. They are the one who have a covenant. They are the people who preserve the scripture. Even today, who has the scripture? We, the believers, have the scripture, isn't it? We, to us is the covenant. To us is the promises. So the Lord takes us very preciously. The Lord takes his church very, very preciously. Because it is applied to the spiritual Israel, which is the church today. Because he purchased the church with his blood. It is so precious. He didn't, we, don't, we don't just make a social club in the church. It is a place where people who have been purchased by the blood of Jesus gathers. It is not a social club. People who realize that they have been redeemed by the Lord, people who have who understood their sins and the need of forgiveness from the Lord, they have come together. They have been called out to become the people of God. So to God, these people are so precious. You, we may not understand. So many of us, hey, church is uh, you know just a matter of. Inheritance. My parents were believers, so I'm also, I go to church. We may think like that, but it is not. It is those who have been redeemed by the Lord. He still, he simply didn't rescue them from death. He also let them inherit heaven. He loves us so much. His love is perfect. Not only he just saves us, he also wants us to share his glory with him. So right now we may be kind of discouraged at times looking at the churches, the churches in our country. Here and there small churches are coming up and trying to do God's will. 
and sometimes the growth is slow, we may be discouraged at times. Christians in general, right? But the favor of the Lord, the redeemed, are in the church. Those who are purchased by the blood, there will be famine of the word of God later, not a famine of water, not a famine of food, but a famine of the word of God. A time will come, that is prophecy. Therefore, that time people will be coming in droves to the church. In huge number, they will come because there is something that the world cannot satisfy. The things of the world is not a famine of the food or water, but it's a famine of the word of God. Therefore, how precious is when all the hunger that you have, the hunger that the human being have, cannot be satisfied by food, clothing, and things of the world. There is perfect answer, perfect satisfaction in Christ alone. So that's why the church is so precious. Only those who understand that there is a need more than the physical need, those who can understand that there is a need more than our physical reality, to those people, the church becomes such a beautiful place. The church becomes a comforting place. The church becomes so precious. It is also the bride of the Lamb. Why it is precious? It is the bride of the Lamb, the church. We, the church, are the bride of the Lamb. Clothed ready for the coming of the groom from heaven. That's why the church, we may try to look down, but the church is the body of Christ on earth. So it is so precious, who doesn't take, who, what kind of groom, what kind of groom, bridegroom will you know, say, this bride, I'm just getting married for the sake of getting married. I don't really like her. I don't really love her. Is there anyone who does like that? Oh, my parents forced me to get married with her. I don't have any intention to marry. How? It's not like that, right? That is uh, very funny. Why do you get married like that? No, we get married with someone we love. We get married seriously. If someone gets married like that, it's funny. But when God considers us a, groom, a bride, he takes us very preciously. For us, we may not do so much to have uh, our wives, but God, he did it so much, he died for the bride. Christ died for the bride. He didn't just simply say, okay, let me just go and marry with them. No, 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 no. He said, I will give up my life. I'll die for my bride. Can we find a relationship like that today? We are talking about Valentine's Day and things like that, but what is this? Can the boy, you know, sacrifice for the girls? Or he demands only girls' attention and he doesn't care about the girl, or the girl cares about herself and doesn't care about the boy. The love that we are talking about is agape love, a sacrificial love, unconditional love. And God has shown to us how much he loved us by considering us as a bride, worthy to die for. In other words, we are so precious because God considers us precious enough to give up his son.
meaning he takes us very, very preciously. He considers them worth the price, the price of death to pay for. Even though his son will be mocked, flogged, tortured, spit upon, but he said, that's okay. Because I consider these people so precious. Let him do that. It's okay, fine, it's fine. I love them so much. That's why he said, you are precious in my sight, and I honor you, and I love you. Is he just saying by word? No, no, no. He did it in action and deeds. He did it practically. He didn't just say it, but he did it. So the Lord takes delight in his redeemed, the church, his body, his bride. That is, in other words, the Lord loves his church very much. He died for it. But what is the church? Is it a building? No. We are the church, right? We are, in other words, whom did God loves? If there is no people, only church buildings are there, there is no church. It is the people who makes the church. It is the call in the Greek word, it is the ecclesia, that means call out one. You assemble, you call out from somewhere, you call out, you assemble. So the, today we are thinking about church only as building. Of course, building is part of it, but it is the people. If only building stands, it will close down if there is no people. That's what we see in Europe and some Western countries. The church is still there. People are not there, so they have to close down. Why that happens? Because there are no people. People are the church. Say, you are precious. You are so each, firstly, Israel, secondly, the church. But if we look at it carefully, it is us. It is the, every believer, every individual believer, right? To whom did he say? To whom he did say, you are precious in my sight, in my eyes. You are honored. You, we are honored by him. Hallelujah. Even though people in this world don't care for us, don't take us preciously, don't honor us, they treat us based on our appearance, look, background, but God, he simply is He's not discriminating anyone. He just honors everyone. He just takes everyone preciously. He just loves everyone preciously. Why he did that? Why God is taking us as so precious? Why God is considering you as so precious? Because the Bible tells us God is the one who created us. He's the one who formed us. In chapter 50, uh, Isaiah chapter 43 itself, the previous verse, verse 3, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. Okay. Oh, the Lord says, he who created you, I am the one who redeemed you, I am the one who created you. He's using all different names of Jacob, right? Jacob is also named Israel, so he called him by his name, you know, lovingly, all his names is listing out and say, you are mine, I formed you, I created you. Later on in, uh, he say, I created you for my glory. 
This is totally connected with the creation in Genesis. The Bible is always justifying what was, what was stated, stated or written or given earlier. It will always justify. It, it doesn't go against. God said, let us create man in our own image. He created them. That's why he considers it very precious. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them, right? He created them, but okay, creation, some people also create something, they, for, they don't bother, they forget about it. So simply creating doesn't mean that he loves us, he considers us. You may say like that, I agree. But in the creation of God, God giving us birth is different from a mother giving birth. This is what I want to tell you. Because when God created us, he created us in love. That means he already loved us as he created us. That is very different nature of God. When people create, uh, manufacture this phone, they don't come and ask me, hey, how is your phone doing? If your phone is not doing, we want to repair it. No, 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 I have to run after, after them, right? If something goes wrong. But when man whom God created, something is going wrong, God doesn't leave. He comes searching. Why does he do that? He sent his son, Lord Jesus, to redeem them, to bring them back, to restore them. Why did he do that? Because of his love. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 14, 15, can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb, even this may forget, yet I will not forget you. He said, oh, a mother, how can a mother forget her nursing child? A mother can never forget her nursing child, but this may forget, but I'll never forget you. When I think about this, it gives me a lot of deep reflection, you know. There are a lot of children abandoned, if you go to Missionaries of Charity in Kolkata, a lot of babies abandoned in the street, picked up by missionaries of charity. And then they will take care of them. After some time, they gave them for adoption and things like that. I mentioned, I think, some time ago, I met one person, and then he was sharing, he was very teary as he shared, because he never knew who is his biological mother. They, he has been abandoned, right? So many children are abandoned like that. So I don't blame the mother. I'm just saying that because of situation, mothers can abandon their children. Because of situation, many parents disown their own children. They will go to the court and make notary and all these kind of things, right? And they disown them. Why? Lord Jesus, the word of God says, yes, the mother who nurse you can even forget you because they are not the one who created us. They only give birth to us. It is God who created us. If they create us, they could have designed us like the way they want, maybe like Shahrukh Khan or Amir Khan or, you know, <laughs> those who are like, uh, you know, John Abraham, you know, oh, he's Christian, he looks, he should be like John Abraham, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. 
they did not, our parents did not create us. Our parents gave birth to us, but God is the one who created us. When he created us, he loved us already. The Bible says he created us in love. Therefore, he cannot forget you. He cannot forget me. So it doesn't depend on my look, how hands, more handsome I have become, how more educated I have become, how my wealth have increased. God doesn't look all those. Simply by creating us, he already loved us. And he is looking for us to also love him back because love is a mutual thing, right? You cannot love alone. God, by creating us, loved us already. So that's when, when we have gone wrong, he has to come and search for us. He has to come and look for us. So he sent his son to save us. He sent his son looking for us. A mother may forget. A mother may forget you. But I will never forget you. I created you. I formed you. I love you. So you are precious to me. More than how precious we are to our mother. God takes us that much precious. He wants to honor us by sharing his glory. He loved us. Therefore, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Why did he send? Because he loved us so much. He loved us already, but we are still lost again. So he sent again. He reminded them again and again to the prophets. Today we are reminded, we are being reminded to the prophet Isaiah. See, you are precious in my sight. People may have disowned you. People may not take you preciously. Cush may not have uh, uh, taken you preciously. Egypt may not take preciously. Assyrians may consider you like slave. Babylonians may consider you nobody. But you are precious in my sight. You are the hope of the world. You are the salt and the light. You are a blessing to the entire human race. Not the Babylonians, not the Egyptians, not the this, not that, no those people. They may look be they may look to be very wealthy, influential. Everything they seem to have it, but there is one thing they don't have. That is life. Spiritual life. They don't have. I purchase you. The history, my history we see too. The covenant, the promises, the Shekinah glory. You have seen it. So, yes, you are precious in my sight. Come, understand this. What happened, the tragedy, even after Prophet Isaiah spoke all these things, they still exiled because of their disobedience and unbelief. In fact, the Lord not only loved them, he promised them protection. He promised them protection. He pro promised them security. Same chapter, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. If you are in my care, you will have total protections. When you pass through the water, we sink. You through the rivers, the waves and the strength of the waves will just, you know, take us, sweep us over. But you say, no, no, it will not happen to you. We should not be the ones who say, okay, today I want to experience and go to the river and do like this, right? 
whether I know, no, no, that's not that kind of story. You need to understand. When the storms of life, the waters of life, where everyone sink, when the Lord is with you, when the Lord is your protection, he do not sweep you, sweep you over. Your not, flames do not set you ablaze. Obviously, Daniel and his friends, they experienced that. They are thrown into the blazing, uh, blazing furnace. They didn't burn. We have seen it. Then he said, yes, you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. I give you men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. The Assyrians, they thought they have defeated the Israelites. The Babylonians, they thought they have conquered and took them as captives. But unlikely, unexpected things happen. The Lord used the Persians to rescue them from the hands of the Babylonians and allow them to settle. With whatever requirements they have to build the temple, the king became so generous. So, God's hand is not lacking. To whom he loves, he'll provide anything they need, even to the, king, Persian, the Persian king, to the raven, he'll feed the prophet. It was a very unlikely situation. In the desert, he'll provide them coil and manna. That was unexpected. Other nations never experienced like that. But Israelites will exp uh, experience that. So today, through this, through this, we have realized, yes, the Lord cares for us, loves us, and he takes us preciously. The more we understand, the more we will have confidence. I will not be upset. I will not be sad, disappointed, simply by people ignoring me, simple people not you know, honoring me. People not taking me preciously. Most of the time we get de uh, depressed and disappointed because we feel that people are not showing enough love, enough respect, enough honor to us. But if the God of heaven and earth loves us, takes us preciously, honors us, and loved us, isn't that enough? Lord Jesus, everyone mocked at him, everyone, you know, spit at him and it looks like he was a defeated man but he knew in his heart that God the Father loves him and then he's pleased with him doing righteousness so he against the world he uses one man against the world did he feel depressed no he stood firm even in the face of death and this is the same thing that all believers, the same attitude that all believers can have. My preciousness, my worth, my value doesn't rise or fall because of someone. I am precious because God considers me precious. I, am, I don't need more love because I'm already loved by the highest authority, the one who stands highest Almighty God has already loved me and has said, I will honor you. Isn't that enough? That should give us a lot of confidence. We see even in this world, 
politicians and uh, beauty uh, peasants, their confidence from where it comes from. Because the higher authority has declared them to be the ruler of the country or the representative of beauty. So even if some people say, hey, you are not nobody, you are not beautiful, will they consider, will they feel depressed and like that? No. No, the, the one, the organizer of Miss World or Miss Universe has declared that person as Miss. <laughs> what people say in small towns and cities doesn't matter. <laughs> a minister is feeling very confident because he is a minister in the central government. What the small-time politicians in the streets and all say will not bother him so much anymore. He has the confidence. When the prince and princess of the world, like Prince of England, England, Queen, Kings, their children, their confidence is always there. The reason why, they know that they belong to the royal family. So they, they have so much confidence and they have so much, they felt so much loved. We as believers, God wants us to know that we have the highest favor, love. This is not for pride. This is for right self-confidence, God confidence. And to understand that yes, even if I am single today, I'm not yet married, I don't have a lover, I don't have a boyfriend, girlfriend, and some, no one cares for me, it's fine. God cares for me. God loves me. He'll give me what I need at the right time. He, if we live like that, I believe that we'll be so different from others. And I hope that all of us can be the ones who understand, yes, the Lord takes us preciously. That's why he said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, honor all people. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Honor all people. He doesn't say honor only the king. Some other translations have come up with a uh, translation like this. Respect everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. But the older translations like KJV and of course ESV and all they translate honor all people. As much as you honor God, uh, the king, honor God, uh, your fellow human beings as well. Because God honors everyone. So I hope that all of us can be the ones who takes others preciously. Because God considers us so preciously, we must also take others preciously. We must honor them. We must not defile them. I also often say it about relationship. If you consider opposite sex as precious and you honor, you never want to violate. If you really love, you do like God. You don't want to violate that person. You don't want to dishonor. And today, if people have relationship, before they break up, they want to do something. <laughs> and they will go and brag many young boys and you know, young men. Oh, I, I had relationship with that. I sleep with that or like that, you know. We love to brag in those things. We dishonor. But what about God? God's point of view is he wants to honor. So even if we have some form of relationship, let us honor the relationship. Let us honor the girls. 
Even the girls, let us honor the boys. Let us honor each other. Let us not dishonor. Give bad name to each other. But there is no real love today. That's very lacking. Many people will take advantage. Of, oh, now we are in a relationship. I should take full advantage. I, we may not marry. We may not be in a relationship after two, three years. Because many young people are going to listen, so I think this is very important. We have to take others preciously. Then you will never regret. It is, it is, God is the one who gives us love. To love others is okay. But as soon as you dishonor, by taking advantage of that person, it becomes a problem. And I hope that as believers, we will honor others. We will never dishonor others. We will take them preciously. We don't want things that to happen to our sisters. Why you want that the same thing to happen to others? We want to honor our sisters. We take them preciously. We love them. Can we not do the same thing to others? But we don't do like that, right? We take our sisters preciously, but others, we treat them recklessly. But that is not God's word. God's word is to honor all people. Whether it's a boy or a girl, rich or poor, honor everyone. Take them preciously. Why? God consider all these people so precious. You may not consider that precious. You may look at them outwardly and say, oh, these guys are more rich. They are more influential. So I will honor them. These guys are nobody. I don't care. We do like that. But God is not like that. God looks at us. He takes us all preciously. Say, you are precious in my sight. And I honored you. And I love you. What a great God he is. That he takes us preciously. Honored us. Ready to honor us. Ready to glorify us. And he has loved us always. I hope all of us can also do the same thing. To other, our fellow human beings. Let us take everyone preciously. Let us value them, let us love them, let us honor them. So when we say like this, it's not that I'm just preaching to others, I'm preaching to myself as well. What we couldn't do yesterday, what we couldn't do last year, what we couldn't do two years ago, now let people know us as someone who takes others preciously from today. Let people come to know that we honor them. Maybe I have dishonored many people in the past, but I made a new resolution as I preach. I want to honor everyone from today. I want to take everyone preciously from today. I want to look at them with love from today. When we look at the people with this lens, three lenses, what are they? Value, honor, right? Taking them preciously, honoring them, and loving them. If when we look at People from these three points of view, your viewpoint towards, towards others changes. I often say when I see people riding bike or car, riding and in the street or like they're coming very aggressively, I'm thinking what if that is my brother <laughs> or my church goer, you know? My attitude suddenly changed. Oh, maybe he had a bad day and he's driving like this. But if I see him as a distant person, hey, that guy is really bad, right? But if I consider him as my own brother and sister, oh, maybe he has some uh, you know, bad day. My attitude changed because I'm looking from point of love. I'm looking from the 
viewpoint of taking him preciously and honoring. I don't want to dishonor the attitude, our behaviors, everything changes. I hope all of us can be the ones like that, shaped and changed and molded by the word of God. We should not be the same as we were one week ago, two weeks ago, one month ago, one year ago. As we hear God's word, I hope all of us change our attitude and live by the word. Amen. Let's pray. <clears throat> Almighty gracious heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We give all the glory and honor to you, O Lord, for your precious word. Lord, we don't know who we are. We don't know how to treat ourselves. Likewise, we treat, we also don't know how to treat others. We don't value them. We don't value ourselves. Father, we don't know their worth. We don't know our worth. We don't know how to love them. We don't love ourselves either. We don't know anything. But your word today tells us that you have always, always loved us. In our existence itself, in our creation itself, you have loved us and you have, Father, uh, taken us preciously and you have honored us as your bride. What a privilege that we sinners, wretched, naked, lost, could become the bride of the Holy One, Lord Jesus Christ. What a privilege you have given us. May we realize this, and may our mind be shaped by your word and transformed and molded fully by your word. Oh Lord, we thank you for speaking to us to your word. May this word penetrate us, change us, and transform us so that we may know our worth, we may know how to honor others, and we may also know how to love others just as you loved us. We thank you for your word. We praise you. We give all the glory and honor to you. May all those who listen to this word be changed by your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.